I got a recipe, holler me I know the secrets of making a dream come true, no apology Stand tall like a prodigy Sincere honesty Channel my vision, aim for the moon and reach for the prophecy everyone, welcome to the Brexit Leagues podcast, I'm Sungarai Tramba. Now, sorry we did not have an episode last week. Uh, we wanted to have Alfie on, but Alfie fell asleep, sadly. So, we can't get him on this week either, he's got rugby, so probably we'll have to wait a week or two, but let's see. Uh, but as usual, Ethan wasn't here last week, so he's back this week. And he's obviously joining me as usual, on the Brexit Leagues. Now, coming up, we talk about Arsenal's 3-2 win over Man United. We talk about Burnley as they keep, you know, they keep winning games, and so do Sheffield United. Also, we're going to talk about the FA Cup previews and maybe a couple of little championship predictions along the way as well. So, welcome along to the Brexit Leagues podcast with me, Sungrai Tramba. And let's get started straight away because I'm joined by Ethan Oliver, as I just mentioned in that intro. How have you found the weekend's games? Um, there were some really good games and some really frustrating games. I'm not going to name names, but Carl. But yeah, I think. My favourite game was actually Arsenal versus Man United. That was a very good game. Man. It was outstanding. I mean, I was off the edge of my seat for the whole 90 minutes. That's that's for sure. It yeah, was uh, yeah. a brilliant game. It was end-to-end. Yeah, it certainly certainly was. Don't get me wrong. To, probably two of the best English wingers on display, Saka and Rashford. Indeed. I mean, there were, there were two good goals. I mean, Nketi's last-minute goal, even as a United fan, I thought that was a really good goal as well. You know, I mean, it was the second time in the week we conceded in the 90th minute, but uh, I think Arsenal were the better team, to be fair, but we play, I yeah. thought we, were, we actually played a good game. We actually gave them a game there. It wasn't all plain sailing easy for them. It was... um. It's like brought back what it the Arsenal United game used to be. Like it used to like be a good game, but like, yeah. used to mean something. Now like that game actually was quite good again. Yeah, because in the nineties and the two thousands, it was Arsenal Man United for the Premier League. You know, there was no yeah. such thing as Chelsea, Manchester City, Liverpool. Well, I mean, well, Liverpool maybe in the mid two thousands, maybe, but you know, Chelsea, Manchester City. You know, there was none of that. You know, there's no talk of... Well, I mean, there was actually talk of Newcastle back then. But, like, they never yeah. won the league. You know, but um, oh, it was good to see an old rivalry go back. It's weird, because this section's going to be obviously about probably half an hour long. <laughs> but, mm, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, that was, to me, the game of the weekend. It was just outstanding. But... Very good. Yeah. Arsenal. Six five shots from Arsenal and six from United. Yeah. In fact, like we had more than six, but yeah, Arsenal did fire a lot of shots at us, that's I for sure. Arsenal managed to like break up the attack before you managed to get a shot away. Yeah, that's right. 
I mean, Arsenal 50 points, Man City comes second, they're five points clear. So they're five points clear for City Arsenal, having played the game less. I mean, you never you never know, it could be there, yeah. Could be. I think it is there, yeah. Hopefully think, it is. Think... Hopefully. It's been they've been a surprise package, really. Yeah, because I mean, from where they were when Arteta took over December 2019, 1-1 draw against Bournemouth, I believe. I think it's just amazing to see how how brilliant they've been. You know, they've they've been excellent. You know, they're a world drew team. We saw a team that was, you know, three years into its rebuild, whereas we saw a United team that was what uh, six, seven months into its rebuild. I think. Yeah. It was a very good game. I think that's by far the best game this season so far. I think Nketiah got man of the match, didn't he? He did. I think he did, yeah. But Yeah, he did. Yeah. Casemiro missing, I think, was a bit of a blow. I think that potentially Casemiro could have changed the game. Possibly. But also, I think Casemiro you know, made his debut as well. He did. Uh, the £27 million signing, of course. But yeah. Arsenal's next game... Yeah, but Arsenal's next game is against Everton. And, I mean... They've just actually yeah. hard, haven't they? They have indeed. They have indeed. And the same Bielsa. <laughs> Bielsa or Sean Dyche for the job. Get Dyche in. Please. I'd rather I'd rather him over Bielsa. Just I want to see him in the job again because it seems like when Southampton had the opportunity to change manager, they went against him, and so did Bournemouth. I think so it's got to be Everton. Southampton made a risky call, but it could pull off because if they go down, then they've got someone that knows the league quite well. And then I think Everton needs to do the same by getting Sean Dyche in. Yeah, I mean Everton. I told you they've got the players for that. For Dyche more than um, uh, Bielsa. They got, they got the lump up front with Calvert Lewin. That's right. That's indeed right. They got a lump in midfield in Anana. Yep. They got a lump at the back in Yuri Mina. <clears throat> of course. And Pickford, who can just smack it up or something. Well, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an. I don't know why my brother went past. But yeah, it's going to be a really interesting um, season ahead for both these teams. They're underperforming yeah, very well. Of underperforming course. quite a bit, Everton. Yeah, uh, we'll go through predictions shortly, but let's have a look at, obviously, another... There was another big match on um, before we move on to, obviously, predictions and stuff. Uh, Liverpool against Chelsea. Uh, it was goalless, and... They're both in ninth and tenth in the Premier League table, but yeah. do you think do you think Chelsea are moving in the right direction now? Um, I wouldn't say so. Right, like I think the right direction would have been picking up three points there because Liverpool aren't exactly good at the moment are they no they're not I quite think, at it obviously they're 
I think they changed the system, didn't they? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, Koulibaly's fallen out of favour now. Um, and they've brought in the new centre-back, Bagley Achelle. This could be a good sign for the future. It could um, be. Also, they had um, a young young player on the team, didn't they? Um, Chelsea, uh, Lewis Hall. Oh, yeah, he's been making regular starts on the Potter, yeah. Yeah, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, five appearances this season. So... Um, they're not obviously Liverpool. I don't know what's gone on. It's I think confusing to me. I always think about it and think that Liverpool team. It's had its cycle of five years, because this was being built, I think, since like twenty seventeen eighteen or something like that. I think yeah. that Liverpool team had that eight that extraordinary eighteen nineteen season, and obviously. They won the league the season after in nineteen twenty, yeah. and obviously twenty 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 one. They had a lot of injuries. Uh, they snuck in on the final day into the top four, and then last year they pushed City all the way again. But this year, yeah. obviously, they're well off it, and they're obviously they're twenty one points behind Arsenal. Of course, they're not going to win the league yeah, this time. Yeah. I think what they're missing is every summer you see them signing a big attacker. Or someone defence. Yeah. They have not turned their attention to the midfield. Like, yes, they loaned in Arthur, but that's, that's about it. They mm. need to sign two players minimum for the midfield because James Milner is still in there sometimes. He's 38. Yeah. He's like in and around there, which he's not fit enough. He's always injured. Um, Jordan Henderson probably getting on a bit. If he didn't, if he wasn't as good a leader as he was, as he is, yeah, I don't think he'd be at Liverpool. He'd be at a low Premier League team because his footballing ability isn't actually that great. Mm. It's just his leadership qualities, and obviously they got Curtis Jones coming up. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'd say keep him on the bench for a bit. Tiago as well, good midfielder. And then Fabinho, he's getting on as well. They need a new defensive mid and a new centre mid, I think. Mm. Certainly, because I look at some of the other like big six sides. Sometimes people say Liverpool's midfield might be the weakest. You know, if I you, think it yeah. is. I mean, sometimes I, I think, think to- I think Tottenham sometimes, or Chelsea. We have to put I those think- two. Before Casemiro came in, I would have said Man United. Certainly. Certainly. Definitely. But the midfield now, so it's gone from Fred McTominay and Pogba to Bruno uh, Ericsson, and Casemiro. And Casemiro. Yeah. Some massive upgrades that. Certainly. Certainly. I think so. It's a massive upgrade. I think we've got probably one of the stronger ones now. And obviously the Gunners as well. We can't I forget. The Arsenal midfield though is like if you look at defensively, it's not actually as good as you may think it is. Because mm. the likes of Granite Shaker and Thomas Party, they're not exactly 
world class. Yeah. They're good players. Like Party's really good in his day. But they need a really good player in there. They need a Kante or someone, someone of that ability, not Kante himself. Yeah. Mm, of course. Of course. But anyway, we better get on with it now. That's enough about Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal. That that used to be the original big four. It reminded me. It was around this time. 16 years ago, so what was it, 2007, something like that, Um, those four met at the exact grounds. Liverpool beat Chelsea on that day 2-0. Arsenal scored a 90th minute winner that day, Kirsten yeah. Thierry Henry. So, yeah, that that was an interesting fact. It used to be part of what was Sky Sports Grand Slam weekend before the Manchester yeah. City and Tottenham Hotspur came to disrupt the party. Welcome back to the Brexit Leagues podcast. And before the break, we were talking about the Premier League's games at the weekend. And I almost forgot to say about Everton's board. Sack that board because those Everton fans do not deserve this. Um, enough about Everton. Let's talk about the championship now. And let's start with Friday night's game at Turf Moor between Burnley and West Brom. Two sides fighting out for promotion. West Brom probably looking at the playoffs now after that disastrous start under Brucey Boy. Uh, and Burnley obviously are looking to win the championship title and they look almost destined for the Premier League next season. It was Scott Twine's late goal that won it for the Clarets. And I mean, what a goal that was, of course. Brilliant. Yeah, it was commentated by Daniel Very Mack. good free kick, it was. Very, very good, good. Very good. I think, obviously, West Brom, the position they're in now, compared to the start of the season, I'd have taken that as the start of the season up till now. Uh, three points off fourth. No, three points off second, third, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll be going into the playoffs, Burnley. If they don't make it to the Premier League, then see what's the bottle job. Hmm. Like they're they're clearly too good this season. They've assembled a very good squad. Like the likes of Ian Maxim is a good pickup. Um, Colum- you had him last season. Yeah, we did. Taya, um, Zerori, and obviously players like Brown who are stepping up. Uh, Jay Rodriguez. Uh, Charlie Taylor now playing centre-back for them sometimes. Uh, yeah. Look, Burnley have just been brilliant. You know, I think just I think they've been outstanding all season. They've been showing that they've been proving their credentials. That's that's the main thing. Burnley have just been, you know, excellent. And Sheffield United, they've been excellent. And then you've got the rest of the championship. They're, it's like those two are on a honeymoon. And yeah. all the all the other teams are like massively behind. It's like it's it like, reminds me of it reminds me of when I do coursework. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. Those two are running away with it. Exactly. But the rest of the league's all even. It's like you look all the way from third down to twelfth, there's only five points between them. And then yeah. you look down to 21st there's only 12 points 
So it's a very small gap. But the quality difference is big, though. Oh, certainly. Certainly. I mean, the quality of Burnley's players are really good. You know, they've gone into that European market, especially that Belgian market. They've recruited yeah. very well. You know, I think Manuel Benson was a good pick. Well. Mm. Benson was a good pickup. I think company, he's had a real impact on the whole team. You know, I think we yeah. all knew Burnley as Brexit FC for many years, for over a decade. You know, even before Sean Dyche, when they had, um, I've forgotten his name. But yeah, you know, even before Sean Dyche, not, they had Eddie Howe before, yeah. They were Brexit then. But um, yeah, they used to, they were always Brexit, even when they first got to the Premier League in 2009. But um, it's just interesting to see now West Brom obviously catching up and stuff. It's going to be a quite an interesting end to the season. And, is, Ethan, and Ethan, you have a stat for us, I believe, about Coventry City, which leads us on to our next point. So, with Kyle McPherson in the team, uh, one of our best centre-backs, uh, we haven't conceded a single set-piece. Whereas, I mean, with him in the team, then without him in the team, we've conceded five. And we've played more with him in the team than without. So we conceded more from set pieces in last game when he's not there. So he's very reliant at the back. Certainly. And I mean, it was a bit, I've got to be honest with you, it was a bit leaky on Saturday in that 12-30 game between Coventry and Norwich. Coventry City 2, Norwich City 4 at the CBS Arena. You did go 3-0 down and obviously you were at that game. So yeah, that was... was interesting. Tell me about I... it. I was done after about 20 minutes. Um, to be fair, they did. we did respond well um, originally, but it's, it's one of them. I thought we were going to get absolutely destroyed after the third goal went in. But then, like, we seem to, you know, obviously the crowd was booing. But then the players seem to, like, respond to that quite well. Obviously, mm. bring it back to 3-2, like, six minutes later. Gives uh, you hope. Yeah. And then second half, came back out. It was... It was poor. Poor. Um, I mean... Yeah, so I think it's five games or something like that without a win. It's been a bit of a struggle post-World Cup, hasn't it? Yeah, we won one game since after the World Cup. And that was the, the Albion, and of course. West Brom. Yeah. I mean, looking at it now, you're seven points off the playoff places. Game in yeah. hand, though. And with the game in hand, so that could be brought down to four should you win the game in hand against Huddersfield. Which uh, is on Saturday. Which is on Saturday because you're out of the FA Cup as well. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, hopefully the new owner invests more into the club. I mean, yeah, hope so. Hope hopefully, because so. it's been disastrously run for a very long period of time. Yeah, as it has, it's been. I liked. I think we've got no more debt left because the new owner wiped out all the debts. He cleared it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. seems to want to get involved. He's like got a hands hands on role in the club. Mm. Um, so he brings goodness to the club. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's going to be an interesting though end to the season because Watford, Blackburn, Norwich, Middlesbrough, Luton, Millwall, Sunderland, West Brom, Preston, Swansea, Keepier, and possibly Reading, and maybe Coventry all have a chance of making it. You know, there's no still... We can play like we did on Saturday. Mm. You know, but um, how many... So we've got 18 games to go, most yeah, of us. Coventry have got 19. So it's, it's going to be an interesting final part of the season. Um, so, yeah, that should be really interesting. Um, yeah. We would talk about the Carabao Cup, but obviously there's no, not really a point, is there? Because, I mean, it'll be out before the Nottingham Forest Man United game. There's Southampton Newcastle, so, so yeah. But uh, let can I just quickly pause it? I just need to quickly um, my mum's yeah. being <laughs> the pain in the ass. Yeah. That was a bit of a cock up there. But yeah, I mean, just looking at that championship table, it looks really tight at the bottom. You know, I think, I feel like Rotherham could still go down, but Mick McCarthy's just been appointed the Blackpool boss. Hopefully, yeah. he keeps them in the league. He's one of them, I think. He's one of them managers that seems to always find a way to just drag a team away from relegation every year. Yeah. So the championship's a lot of dice. <laughs> I mean, he won promotions with Sunderland and Wolves in the Championship 2005 and 2009. I mean, Cardiff, his last job didn't really... It started well, but didn't really work out for him, I think, because they lost 5-0 to like Wednesday or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, but... um, Nah, listen, hopefully, hopefully he gets them out of trouble. Uh, let's look at some of the other games now before, obviously, we get on to League One. Um, Watford were held and so were QPR. Um, Watford obviously can't get automatic promotion. I don't think they will. But mm. QPR, do you think it's... Because Swansea scored late, do you think it might dent their playoff chances? Um, I don't know. It's really tight. Yeah, they are only four points out still. Um, I don't think, I don't know. They they signed obviously Jamal Lowe. Yeah, who could fire them up there. As he scored against one of the, I think, debut game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tough one to call. They have got some quality in there. Obviously, they've got Willock, got Dicky, yeah, uh, Laird, a chair. And Lyndon Dykes. Dykes, yeah, he's one of them. Doesn't score much, but he does so much more. He possesses so um, much quality, yeah. Yeah. If he scored more, he'd probably be Premier League, I reckon. Because his all-round game is quite good. Of course. I mean, I mean, QPR did start well. And then, obviously, Mick Beal left. He goes he goes back to Rangers, back to Glasgow. Uh, yeah. He's had an impact up there. He hasn't lost a game yet. But, um, I mean, they appoint Critchley, the, obviously the ex-Blackpool boss. 
they've started all right with him. I mean, they've thrown away one nil leads quite late on, just like United. Mm. But, you know, they've they've thrown away late goals against obviously Sheffield United recently, and obviously in that recent game against Swansea. Swansea, obviously, like you'd expect, they had more of the ball, but QPR fired more shots at them. It seemed, but um, yeah, QPR and Swansea still in that playoff playoff hunt, both in twelfth and thirteenth respectively. Uh, let's move down and let's have a look at Br- Bristol City and Blackburn Rovers because finally, at the twenty eighth time of asking, Blackburn Rovers have finally drawn a game, one one. Yeah, I mean. Doesn't really look an entertaining game. Like obviously, usually Blackburn they're usually known for being really attacking, but they didn't really get that much away of shots. Suppose because Bristol don't really concede much um, anymore. Out of the season they were leaky but scoring loads. Now they're conceding less but scoring less. Um, okay, Blackburn got a red card that probably stopped them attacking later on. Um, yeah, obviously, Broughton Diaz is most likely off to I think is it Villarreal. Uh, yeah, the reports think Villarreal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, in the league, so Villarreal on the free in the summer, so missing out on quite a bit of money. Um, they've still got Dak in there, who's on his day a quality player. He is. Um, yeah. Obviously. I don't think Dom Hyam played for them, did he? I think he's away. I don't know. He was in their squad. Um, Maybe injury? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, Bristol, uh, Semenyo, he's a quality player. So is Scott. Um, yeah. Semenyo scoring the equaliser. Mm. I mean, Bristol City are just. They've been in the championship since 2015-16. So you're talking about when Burnley were last there. Um, but, I mean, you see, Bristol, I think Bristol City, Preston, Birmingham, Reading, those four teams have been in that division quite a, quite a while. Quite a while. Yeah. And maybe you could say Millwall now as well. But they've been in that division quite a long time indeed. Yeah. You know, and they just, they never, there was some times under Lee Johnson that the Robins always used to have that playoff push. Yeah, I think in eighteen nineteen they really went for it. But yeah. um, they haven't really had sort of like a promotion push since then because they've been sort of lower mid-table. And, you know, the club's ambitious. They want to get to the Premier League, but yeah, it's so congested at the minute. <laughs> it's going to be quite difficult for a team like that I think... to get to the Premier League. Or could they, if they find a way to keep scoring and keep goals out, yes, they do have quality to get to the playoffs. Obviously, with Semenyo, Naismith, Scott. So, yeah, of course. Um, think it... all oh, teams yeah. have two or three players that are good enough to carry them up, but it's like whether they have more. So, obviously, Carl, we've got Payne, Yokerez, Hair. Uh, Bristol, obviously, Semenyo, Scott, and New Smith. Um, mm. West Brom, they've got um, Thomas Asante. 
Thomas Asante, yeah. DK and DK. And um Lucas Lou. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've all most of the teams have got like three, four players that are like really up there. Which is why I think it's really even. Whereas Burnley and Sheffield United are a team of quality players. So yeah. they can really push. So like even Watford, they're not really a team of quality players. Joao Pedro, Ismail Assar, and Chowdhury. Like, could potentially put a case in for Keenan Davis, but... Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, there are some good... There are some strong championship teams there. What for, they've got the most expensive one, it seems. Uh, Wigan, obviously, have the cheapest lineup, But, um... Talking of Wigan Athletic, uh, it's Colo Torre's ninth game in charge. It was another defeat to Luton. They'd lost them in the FA Cup earlier in the week at the DW. They lost them at the DW again. Rob Edwards certainly having a real impact on that team. Wigan nil, Luton Town 2. Colo Torre's had nine games, zero wins, three, defe- three draws and six losses. He hasn't really had the start that he wanted at Wigan. And it's, I think I think they're going to go down because they they started all right to be fair, but I think I think they're going to go down. What do you think? It's it's predictable, really. Um, I should have gone for someone who's more experienced rather than a name. Yeah. It's, obviously, they did control the ball. They only registered one shot on target all game. Sounds like a typical cough performance, really. Um, <laughs> Especially against Luton. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Luton are hard to like get make break their way through games. They don't need to control the ball. They just need to put their foot in and just get the opportunities. And they don't they do score. Um, I believe Adebayo scored. Is that his first goal of the season? Maybe I'm not sure. I'm, I'm he's not, not sure. scored many this season, have they? No. Very very anonymous on the goal scoring charts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Harry Cornick is always lively just running around a lot he scored as well that's about um, scored five by the way has he? yeah yeah he's not as prolific as he was last season to be fair yeah of course Um, obviously Wigan signing uh, Coker at centre back experience decent, decent experienced player um they have got some good players, but I don't know. Can't, I think... can't see them sitting up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we always think Wigan Athletic was a team that used to defy the odds when it got to the Premier League uh, yeah. 18 years ago. I think they're the worst team I've seen at, in the Championship. Uh, at the Cough, at, at home when watching Cough so far this season. They've been the worst team. But I think they've got... You've also got to bear in mind, they've got the oldest squad in the league. They do, they do. Yeah. I think they, they've got the... In terms of average ages, I think they've got the, the oldest one. But yeah. anyway, let's move on to the next couple of games because we had Cardiff nil, Millwall 1, Stoke 4, Reading nil. Stoke needed that victory. Uh, they are still, though, nine points off the playoff places. 18 games still to go. 
But Stoke needed that win, didn't they? Yeah. To be fair, what a win, though. 4-0. I mean, no one saw it coming. Like, Dwight Gale has not been the Dwight Gale of old, where, like, constantly scoring. He's been one of the most wasteful players in the league, I think. Yeah. Obviously, Reading controlled the ball more, but Stoke just ruthless in front of the goal. Like, they had seven shots on target, scored four. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah, they're really good. Um, Tyrese Campbell scoring again. Uh, Brown scoring. Gale scoring. All three of them have been quite wasteful this season. They're just teams who have finally been able to find the back of the net. So hopefully they keep it up. Oh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, Stoke needed that win. You know, it's not been plain sailing good for the. Oh, good for them in the last few years anyway. No. So, yeah. But um, we've got two more games to look at before we head on to League One and League Two after the break. Um, Birmingham won Preston 2. Now, Birmingham City fans voiced their concern, obviously, over the club's ownership because it's been going on for a while. You know, there's been like eight managers, so many like relegation scraps the club have been involved in. I think they're going to be embroiled into another one this season. It's five defeats on the bounce for Eustace. He's done all right, to be fair. You know, yeah, Birmingham, the season yeah, Birmingham always find a way, but it's just, they've just lost their way a bit. And, you know, fans have been voicing their concerns and you have to feel for those Birmingham fans because they've been going through this a long time. You know, there was a takeover bid that was failed, I think, for the club. And yeah, I think Jamie yeah, Carragher mentioned it on Monday Night Football. I think that Everton, the worst run club in the country. I think Birmingham City have to be up in that like top four or five. I don't. I wouldn't say Everton are the worst run club in England. I think we, I think we are. Money. I think we are. Who? Who? Golf? No, United. United are not the worst run club. <laughs> Yeah, you got money, mate. If you get money to spend, you're not a badly run club. I think there are worse clubs run. Like, look at Macclesfield. Oh, certainly, club. certainly. Um, you've got to look down lower for like worse run clubs. And Scunthorpe, um, Scunthorpe and Yeovil. Uh, Bolton a while ago, they were quite badly run. They've improved now massively. Yeah, like. If if you support like you can't say Everton are the worst. Like if you're an Everton fan, you're lucky because you've seen Premier League in it. So I think Cardiff, Cardiff have been voicing their concerns over the ownership because yeah, Charlton Athletic. Yeah. Oh, that yes, that's that's been the one that's gone on for a while actually. Yeah, with that club, we could we could sit here and name every single one, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the way these clubs mismanage it we're going to we're going to do a section actually before the end about best and worst run clubs so please stay until the end for that um let's let's talk about um the next game though it's the final one in the championship this weekend Sunderland to Middlesbrough nil bragging rights in the northeast 
to Sunderland. What what do you think about that? I think Sunderland with Ross Stewart is they are a good team. But take him out and they aren't really all that. I think they need to increase the overall ability of the team before thinking about genuine promotion push. Because Stuart can't do it all himself, as we saw when he was injured. Like They sort of crumbled a bit, didn't they? Um, yeah. And then Middlesbrough. It's, it's an eye. I just... They just should be doing better. I don't think... There'll be games... I think they should be like even more up there than they are. They should be battling with Sheffield United and Burnley, I think. But yeah, currently sat sixth. Um, yeah, I mean, Middlesbrough are still sixth in the Championship. They are. They are. Um, I think they should yeah. be battling for higher. Yeah, because they're still sixth in the league. So you know, they're still the thing. Well, I think they're on doing well. Yeah, they're on track. What, They've got, they've got some good players in there. They shouldn't be. You shouldn't be shouldn't worried be too like, much. You think? Yeah, they should. They should be like trying to battle it out to finish second or something, but not scraping playoffs. I'd say. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting, but you know, their next game anyway is against. It's a difficult one actually for the borough. It's at home against Watford, so that should be interesting. And join me, join us too after the break when we'll be discussing League One, League Two, and we'll be talking about the best and worst run clubs in English football. That is after the break. Bang. Welcome back to the Brexit Leagues and the final part of the Brexit Leagues, actually, uh, where we go through Skybet Leagues 1 and League 2. So Leagues 1 and 2 it is then. I mean, a few games were called off, let's not forget, but there will be some games happening in midweek. We'll talk about them maybe next week if I try not to forget. But let's have a look at the weekend games, actually, here. And Oxford United 2, Ipswich Town 1. Ipswich lose more ground on Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth. What do you, what are your thoughts on that, Ethan? I think it's a good result for Oxford. Nice win over Ipswich. Um, I think Ipswich should be doing better. Should be more clinical in front of the goal. Um, got a solid team. Shouldn't really be troubled there. Oxford, as I say, good result. They're about mid-table. Um, potentially could battle for playoffs. Can't really see it, though. Um, yeah. Mm. Overall, good for Oxford, bad for Ipswich. Yeah, I mean, obviously that game was played in fog over in Oxford, down the road from here. But, um, I mean, as a result, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth capitalised on that. 
Let's start with Sheffield Wednesday. 1-0 winners over Fleetwood. It was Johnson who scored. But um, what are your thoughts on that? I think Sheffield Wednesday constantly like getting closer and closer to the obviously championship now. Mm. Um, quick turnaround obviously after the relegation. Uh, not so long ago, I think two seasons ago, three season two three, yeah no, um, two two, yeah. um, obviously it took losing, all going right for them, uh, Fleetwood. For them, it's not catastrophic losing, but they want to keep the points ticking over because they don't want to get into the relegation bar because there's four teams relegated from this league, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Scott Brown's done all right, in fact, in this first job in management. Ex-Celtic player, obviously. Celtic yeah. legend at the club. But um, I think he's done all right. Fleetwood, I think, I think they certainly will stay in the league. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but, they're not moving out. Yeah, I think there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt they'll stay in the league. Um, Let's talk about Plymouth Argyle, because... Obviously, they've got a game against Sheffield Wednesday next, which is a massive one, obviously, in the League One table. But Plymouth set themselves up nicely for that one uh, with a 4-2 victory over Cheltenham. What are your thoughts on that? I think it shows their attacking quality, scoring four goals. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter who it's against. Obviously, all players on the score sheet. Um including Cosgrove, who's on loan from Birmingham. Who, while at Birmingham, he's done nothing. None of them have rated him. Um, but while he's been at Plymouth, he's, he's been all right. Been all right. Um, yeah. Cheltenham, uh, I think, did they get promoted last year? Yeah, um, no, season before. Season before. Still relatively new to the league. Um yeah, I think they're doing well. Four two to top of the table. It's not shameful, um, considering like eighteenth in the league. So. Yeah. But you know, you think about it. Plymouth Argyle have been brilliant. They were brilliant last season. It was a shame how it obviously ended. But Plymouth Argyle, I think they're going to answer the call uh, this time round. Uh. There's another team that's been gaining a lot of momentum under Paul Warren, and I think we all know who that is. Uh, Derby oh, County. Derby uh, beat Bolton 2-1. Crucial game in the promotion race, that one. That means Derby are now unbeaten in their last 18 uh, league ma- Well, their last 18 matches in all competitions. 2-1 victors over Bolton. What are your thoughts? And do you think they could possibly catch Sheffield Wednesday? Um, I don't know because looking at the forms, like Sheffield Wednesday won the last five. Um, obviously, points gap between them is uh 11. It's a yeah. big gap, it's a big gap. Derby got 20 games left, Sheffield Wednesday 19. It'll be a tough ask. I don't think it would happen, but obviously, a nice victory over Bolton, who are one place below them in the league. Uh, down in fifth. Um, Bolton last minute 
scored one, needed another one. Seemed a bit of a quiet affair, really, because not many shots shots on target, as you see in League One, but mm. usually there's quite a few. But, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it now. Obviously, Derby have West Ham in the FA Cup on Monday next week. They've got Port Vale on, on Tuesday, the day we're recording this. But um, after that, they've got Morecambe and then a tough trip down to Buckinghamshire uh, to Adams Park against Wickham. But they've got Lincoln, Charlton, Barnsley to come. Charlton, Barnsley could be tough ones, potentially. Could be, they could be. Um, yeah. Barnsley, good side. Charlton as well, good side. Charlton's got ownership issues, isn't they? I think sort out the ownership and they could be up there, really. It wasn't that it wasn't that it wasn't it wasn't that long ago though they were in the they were in the Premier League. Yeah, it wasn't. So like, not in the Premier League, sorry, the championship. Championship, yeah. Um I think they did they did almost make it up uh not too long ago. Um well Coffrey League one, I think. They were up there. Um mm. I think what's really killed them off is um their ownership issues, really. So hope it sorts out for them. So and they can get back soon. Same with like it's not the same circumstance, but like Portsmouth. Surprising mm. they're usually up there. Um hopefully they can come up because not as in like Sam's been pick up again. So, Certainly. You know, I'm just that that promotion race, you know, I think Peterborough's still in it. You know, Darren Ferguson. <laughs> Goodness Fourth gracious me. This it's like it's like marriage and divorce. You can't get rid of that one ex. That's what I always think about with Peterborough. I feel like they they can only choose from two managers. They can't appoint someone who maybe they haven't appointed before. They haven't done that for a while. Yeah. They always but, go back to Fergie, don't they? <laughs> they always go back to Darren Ferguson, that's right. But um Having a look at other games, uh, another Portsmouth, uh, two x to City nil. John Mousinho left Oxford to become Portsmouth manager. It wasn't really a popular appointment, to be fair, because Portsmouth thought they were going to get someone experienced like Wilder, like possibly Grant McCann. But he started with a two 0 win over Gary Caldwell's Exeter City. Moves keeps Portsmouth in fifteenth. Exeter City are in twelfth, albeit they played three games more than Pompey. What your what's your assessment on Portsmouth under Moussinho? I think it's going to be the beginning of a turn up in form again. Obviously, yeah, they are one of those sides. That I think usually challenge up there. I think he'll. I don't think he'll have time this season to take him back up. I think, no, I, don't think. Uh, I think I'll have to settle for about tenth maybe this season. Um, but yeah, it's a good result. It's it first game in charge, I think, weren't it? So yeah, can't really ask for more. Really, clean sheet, win. Exactly. So. I mean, I mean, Pompey. Or it always happens. Uh, one of my mates. Uh, I don't know if he'll be watching this. Freddie Line. He's a Pompey fan, and you know, Portsmouth. They just always seem to start well, but then their yeah. promotion bid sort of. It falls away all the time. It, it 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 always happens. It's happened over the last few seasons. That's why over a decade long period they've been stuck in that. Well, in League One, obviously they're in League Two for a bit. So yeah, yeah. They, it is quite difficult for them to get out of this league. It's like they're sort of 
engraved. They're trapped in they're trapped in this league. Yeah, but, like... yeah. I mean, looking at it, um, also there weren't there weren't many games that took place. There were some games that were called off. Obviously, Peterborough's match with Charlton, Lincoln, Burton, Morecambe, Port Vale. I think that was it. So only nine of the twelve games took place. Uh, let's let's have a look at one more. I think let's look down towards the bottom. Oh yeah, that was a five star performance from Steve Cottle's side. Let's talk about that actually. What what did you make of it? That was that's a quality result for Shrewsbury. Um, obviously, uh, former Cov player John Shipley getting the score sheet. Um, Cov lad Leahy scoring twice. Um, another former Cov player Pennington scoring as yeah. well. So one sec. Overall good performance by Shrewsbury five one. Uh, against Cambridge side, which are sat where are they sat in the league? Sat in the bottom four, like very convincing. Firstly, currently mid table, they're not going to be up there, they're not going to be down there, but yeah, just some entertaining. Huh? In football. Yeah, sorry about that, but I mean, Shrewsbury are they're brilliant, and that was a brilliant. Five star performance from them, and I mean, they're always one of them yeah. sides around the mid table that pulls something out the bag every now and then. I mean, I think I, I don't know if I said it in the last episode, but what was it? Um, who the hell was it? Yeah, it was under Paul Hurst in the I think it was 17 18 season. They that they had that one chance, then they threw it away, which was annoying because I wanted. Them in the championship over Rotherham because there was someone different. Then the next season, Cough raided them. Exactly that. Uh, but let's have a look at one more League One match, actually. Uh, Forest Green against MK Dons. Forest Green took the lead, but MK Dons came from behind to win that one 2 1. What are your thoughts on that one? I think it's a bottom area of the table clash. Forest Green, it's not looking good for them at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a dull game. Minimal shots. Men yeah. on scoring both shots on target. Forest Green scoring one out of two. Obviously, Forest Green throwing away a lead and Moise is showing um, shades of player who used to be quite clinical, scoring two goals. Um, it's been a tough season for both of them. I don't think either are really that great. I think Forest Green's been a good story for them because it's a very small club, very small area. I think it's village. Um, Near Stroud. MK Dons. Yeah. MK Dons, it's... They've got awful fans, haven't they? <laughs> yes, certainly. Sorry, MK Dons fans, if you're listed. I think they need a... <laughs> then if their fans need to start turning up them, potentially they could maybe see something from them. Yeah, MK Dordens. They're, they're all right. You know, that I've been to their ground before. Went there last year. Uh, well, I was, it, there wasn't a game on, but I was at the club shop. I got something from there. But, um, nah, MK Dordens, it's, it's the area it's in, though. It's in a, it's in a good area. Yeah, it's really nice. I've it's been one there. of my favourite ones. It's actually a really good area I've been to a few times. Very nice ground as well. Mm, it's just they never fill it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to have a... Oh, Sorry about that. But um let's move on to League Two. Um let's move on to the next one. Uh and it's a crucial game actually at the top of League Two. I might I don't know how, how I'm gonna edit that last bit out. I don't think I'll be able to. But um Steven is three late and eight nil. Steven is just game in hand got postponed because of the frozen pitch but they could have gone top with that if they'd won it but what do you think about Stevenage this season because I'm very surprised yeah same like usually they're a team in around bottom area of the table isn't it? like usually team that they're going to get relegated uh, been a very big surprise package this season beating top of the table late in Orient um, obviously they went to up before the red card as well so if it wasn't convincing before it is after that 20 shots and 8 on target to Leighton Orient 8 shots and none on target it's not good enough from Leighton Orient realistically mm. um, I feel for their fans that travelled to the game but wasn't that long of a trip <laughs> yeah but still yeah to go out lose 3-0 in your top of the league have a red card yeah. No shots on target. Oh, yeah, of course. But no, nah, I mean, they're still top of the league, but, you know, yeah. still, they've still got, a, they've still got a massive 15 point cushion. So it's, it'll, it'll be inevitable to see them bottle promotion. Hopefully, hopefully they don't bottle it. I think they, they definitely will get promoted. I think along with Steven. I mean, Northampton have been the ones struggling in the recent matches, but most of those games actually this weekend were. Called off. Five so, of them were called off, including Northampton's game against Bankfield. That's right. Yeah, that would have been the crucial one because that's a repeat repeat of the playoff semi-finals. Yeah, uh, that was last season, of course, and obviously Mansfield came out on top for that one. There'll be a few games later on, but uh, we'll have a look at two more games because these are the last two games before we head on to the final bit. Um, Hartlepool 2, Rochdale 0 and Colchester 0, Gillingham 2 two crucial games in the relegation battle right at the bottom of that division yeah what are your thoughts on uh, that? First, first of all, Hartlepool, Rochdale um, good result, 2 a win um, obviously did Rochdale have two red cards? yeah and, crikey I mean, the red jail. cards don't win your games Mm. I was, um, gonna, I was gonna say the Jills, uh Gillingham are now I think they've obviously got new owners now. They needed that yeah. after a look I mean, fans weren't happy with the owner Paul Scally. You know, one of my mates is a Gillingham fan, one of the people I play with. And hopefully Will's what listening to this. But um that nah Gillingham are uh, they I think yeah. Getting a bit of momentum now, I think. Very they clinical, they were. Very Two clinical. Mm. Minimal matchup, really. Yeah. It's Colchester side, which could be down there. Then, obviously, Hartlepool beating Rochdale. Um, I think that took Hartlepool off the bottom of the league and put Rochdale down there, didn't it? It did. And Rochdale, it's not really gone well for them 
you know, since the mm-hmm. Bradford, the heroics at Valley Parade against Bradford a couple of weeks ago. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's going to be a huge fight to stay in the EFL. I think, yeah. I think Gillingham will stay in that. They won't go down again. They will stay in the league, I guarantee. Because they're not bad defensively compared to the teams they're, oh, no. they're sandwiched between. They've got they've only scored eleven goals this season though, two of which were against Colchester in twenty five yeah. games. So exactly, that's what's really let them down. They've only conceded twenty eight. Defense has been solid, but just not scored. Mm. But anyway, uh, next week we'll be back on predictions because there'll be more. There'll be more. There'll be more games next week because it's all the, about the FA Cup. Um, and we'll review that, of course, next week on here. Uh, now it's time to have a look at the best and worst run clubs in English football for the final 10 minutes, maybe, of this podcast. Um, let's talk. Let's start with the worst run clubs. We mentioned, I think, Everton and... I think I said Birmingham City is probably the yeah, worst run. Charlton Athletic. Yeah. Um, previously, Derby and Cov, obviously, both under new owners now. Yeah. Um, Portsmouth in the previous past as well. Bolton in the past. Mm-hmm. Berry. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about them. But yeah. Yeah, there's been, there's been many uh, clubs that have been running to the ground by their owners or close to, like, Scunthorpe. Yeah, Scunthorpe. Um, Macclesfield. Um, it's got to look really down towards the lower tiers. You'll see um, loads of it. We forget. We always forget Oldham Athletic is always... Oldham, on. yeah. Yeah. There was just one game. I think there was a game against Salford or something like that that I, I was seeing pictures, yeah. I think, on Soccer Saturday. I remember seeing pictures last season of... I think they were protesting against the owners and then the game had to be abandoned and they had to play the final few minutes without the fans in. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there are some badly run clubs in the Premier League. I say my own team because mm. it's been awful. I mean, Tottenham fans yesterday after the Fulham game on the Monday Night Football were shouting, Daniel Levy, get out of our club. Yeah. Which wasn't, that was not pleasant, obviously, but I can understand why. I mean, I mean, you know, obviously the whole European Super League thing caused this, but they're criticising him because he hasn't been, he hasn't backed Conte, but Conte has spent, I think, in excess of two hundred million pounds in the what two windows he's had. Yeah, he's. I think. He's backed him, but he's not bought the players that Conte wants. He's had to, Conte's had to settle for players that he didn't particularly want as his first choice because Levy's not giving him the money right away. I think he's really he's really like fallen a bit from that. Obviously, they're still fifth. They're still like up there, so yeah, nothing really to complain about. Obviously, they could have done better if Levy took a less hands-on approach in transfers and gave Conte the money he wants for the players he wants. So, Yeah, because people said in the summer, 
that Spurs won the transfer window. And I think people what happened was I think people got too carried away. I always say that's the one team you never get should never ever get carried away with. Yeah, definitely not. Because if you Obviously. get carried away with Spurs, <laughs> I think you've got some sort of problem. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't think they're going to win a trophy for a while, are they? No. Um, obviously, sticking to the Premier League on the opposite side of the spectrum, you've got Brentford. I think they're a very well run football club they are. Oh, um, certainly. Um, if we look at the best run clubs, yeah, um, Brentford, um, Brighton, Brighton, Fulham, potentially. Yes, I mean, a few years ago, they were playing, <laughs> I described it as them playing football manager. <laughs> I yeah. think in the I think it was 2018-19, something like that. this season, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Chelsea if we, if we, is the most obvious one. Forest and Chelsea. Probably. Those two. <laughs> but, no, nah, I mean, Brighton and Brentford, it's the way they got to the Premier League is why they're the best-run yeah. clubs in the league. You know, Brighton are... Look at where they, both the teams are. They're like... 6th, 7th, 8th Premier League, uh, Brighton, Bull and Brentford. They're outstanding. They run quite well. Um, above Liverpool and Chelsea, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the Championship, I think there's some good, well-run clubs there. I mean, Sheffield United is obviously decently run. Burnley. Burnley's quite well-run, I think. Under the new owner it is, I think. Old owner like, got a bit edgy towards the end. Yeah. I mean, um, sometimes, sometimes Watford. I don't know. Oh, Watford's not Watford's not well run. That is not well run. It's decent. It's 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 poorly run because the owners they keep chopping and changing. I mean, they get the supply of players, don't they? I think it's more on the pitch where they struggle. Hmm. Yeah. And like obviously they they sack managers, but they do invest. They give <laughs> them money. The club stable. So, yeah, you know, I mean, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, oh, Gibbo's always, Steve Gibson's always run that club well. Isn't he a fan of the club as well? Of course, he is. uh, He used to attend matches at Ayrson Park, which was their old ground before they moved to the Riverside. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the owner as well. So, yeah, he's he saw the club going to like. Well, it was. It's obviously we we obviously know it as the Europa League. Um, it's Champions, obviously it Champions Cup. N- no, UEFA Cup. Yeah, UEFA Cup. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, you know, there's some there's some really good, good, well run clubs in the in the Premier League and the Championship. I mean. Yeah. I think Forest have been better run, to be fair. But we go back to the worst run clubs. I think Birmingham City, that one's been going on for a very City, long yeah. time. That one's... It's strange, because um, the stadium's falling to pieces. Um, hmm. Obviously, the, the new, there was going to be a new owner coming in, pulled out. Uh, that was a bit of an odd one. It was um, strange. I've not really been able to spend loads of money. They've had to provide for themselves, really. Um, it's a shame because not long ago they weren't 
trying to get up there and being around trying to challenge for the playoffs now they're just trying to save themselves I mean, it's gone on for like most of the last decade. I think since like 2013, 2014, something like that. But, um, you know, like Birmingham have been trapped in that league since 2011, which is, oof, 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, who else? Um, obviously. Sunderland weren't exactly very well run in the past, were they? No, no. That's why they had the double drop. Even Wolves. Yeah. Wolves, yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? I think whole city have improved. Yeah. Luton yeah. have improved. Oh, Luton are definitely one of the best running in that league, actually. Yeah. I totally sorry, Luton fans. Sorry, James O'Callaghan. Uh I to I totally forgot about Luton Town. Luton Town are very very well run club, I think. The progress they've made on the pitch is, is brilliant. Like a mini Burnley, like you know what Burnley used to be. Yes, of course, of course. I'm looking also like decent side to be fair. I think I think and if I look at League One now, if I'm looking at League One clubs, Wickham obviously always been a very well run club. I Peterborough. Think Peterborough. Well, people. Well, some fans could argue. People say not, not really. They're they're okay. They're all right. They're in the middle. I'd say they're well run. Mm. Ipswich, Ipswich are yeah. They're much better run than before. That's for sure. Yeah. I think, I think Exeter City are well run because they're owned by the yeah. supporters. Let's not forget. Um, obviously we mentioned Derby, Pompey, and obviously that. on the other side of the things we talked about Charlton as well. Yeah, Charlton, people say Thomas Sangar doesn't really, he hasn't really put the money into the club. Yeah. And a team that's punching over their weight quite a lot, Forest Green. Oh, yeah, certainly, because I think they're the lowest budget in that league. They've got, they've got they're a really small club. Mm, very small club, It's a miracle yeah. they're like in, like, the fact they're really, like, by far the smallest in League One goes to show how small they are. Mm. It's like with Burton Albion. I know they're second bottom, but they were in the championship a few years ago. Yeah, they were. They were hosting Derby County in the rivalry, in a little A thirty eight rivalry. Still are this season. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, oh, I totally forgot. I actually totally forgot Burton and Derby were in the same division. But yeah. I mean, I look at certain teams' fans. You know, like Wickham fans are absolutely are brilliant. When I was obviously, I told you when I was at the game uh, about eight or nine weeks ago. Yeah, it was despite the defeat. You know, speaking to them, there was just saying how much they love the club. You know, the passion for it. You know, but um, like some of these teams, like Bristol Rovers, have brilliant fans. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, I think um, Bristol, just in general, they have some good fans. Like Bristol City have some good fans. Bristol Rovers have some good fans. I think Bristol Rovers are probably better than Bristol City, like quite a bit. Because I remember, like, whenever they used to come to uh, when it was a Rico, they used to bring about 4,000 every time. Oh. Um, they used to make a lot of noise. Um, Bristol City bring a decent amount, don't they? A lot of noise, but you could notice it there. So, mm. just a I, decent city. I love, I love, um, going to Bristol I've been there once it's a 
not not to the grounds, obviously, but I've been to the outskirts of it. But you know, they're they're def- it's definitely a good area away from you know away from all of like London and all those congested clubs in like the north of England. You know, yeah. Bristol's just a mad place. Even oh, I've been to Home Park. I've seen Home Park. Um, I was there over in the summer at the start of the season, but um, you know, like. Plymouth Argyle used to be poorly run like yeah, 10, did. 11 years ago. And now they've sort of, if you like, they've moved same up. Same as Portsmouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, Portsmouth are still in the same division. They've not really changed. Yeah, that's true. They did yeah. have that double drop though at one point, didn't they? I think, I think so, yeah. Plymouth had the double. I know Plymouth definitely. It, Plymouth definitely had the double drop in... 2011. They dropped the championship down to League Two, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think that because they went into administration, so they they were struggling, you know. Even yeah. obviously, I said, well, it happened to Wolves, it happened to Sunderland. I mean, I, I know both those two were from the Premier League down to League One, but it was, it, it hit Wolves badly, it hit Sunderland, but it hit Sunderland, I think, a lot worse. And now, obviously, they took on them the a bit longer to recover, Sunderland. Whereas Wolves that year had in 2013 14, they had Kenny Jacket at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, nah, I mean, looking at some of these clubs, like if I look in League Two, Orient used to be a bit mismanaged because they were down in the National League at one point. Yeah, they were. They were. But I mean, looking at some. On the way back up now, I think. Mm hmm. I'm looking at some other clubs. Gillingham's getting better. I can see, I can certainly see that. Um, if I'm looking elsewhere, I think Stephen is definitely Swindon. Well, Swindon could have Swindon could have gone bust last year. That that that's yeah. possible. There was a possibility of that. Barrow is definitely a well-run club to me because they're they're definitely punching above the weight. Looking even lower, Wrexham. Mm. Oh, look at Wrexham. I think Wrexham will be Wrexham will be a League Two side next year. I can assure you now. They can swap places with a cough. <laughs> yeah, maybe swap places with Hartlepool. Yeah. Um, Knox County are on the way back up as well, looking like. Mm. They're not, they weren't very well run, really, I don't think. No, um, they were mismanaged. Last five years has been a bit turbulent. I mean, it's like Luton also, going back to them, they went into administration once, they were, found themselves. I remember they were in the conference anyway. They were in the National League. Yeah. Scunthorpe, yeah. bottom of the National League now. Like, I remember them being like League One club challenger up there. Used to be one of Carl's bogey sides. So. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, that I think that rounds us off there. It was a, a really interesting podcast as usual. Next week, hopefully, we're going to get Alfie Lee and Lambert on unless he has rugby training hopefully I can see if we can get Joe's on as well maybe one more guest maybe we could have four or five people on there next week but we'll just have to see about that that's it everybody for this podcast thank you very much indeed for watching we'll see you on the next episode of the Brexit Leagues next weekend bye bye